right, good evening. The faithful remnant of 2022. All here tonight. Take your Bible to Luke 17. Luke 17. It's all been good tonight. It's been a blessing. It really has. Singing and testimonies, fantastic. Preaching's been good. I'm thankful for all of it. And uh, good to be with you all. I'll try to give you something. There's obviously so many things that you can talk about and coming down to the end of the year. You know, what are some things maybe we need to think about? And certainly uh, some of this theme has already been carried by the, the others that have preached tonight, and I'm sure that's uh, been God's intent through all of it. Um, I've entitled this Offense-Free in 2023. And we're going to read here a little bit in Luke chapter 17. In the previous chapter... There's basically three main stories that happen. There's what's typically called the story of the unjust steward, where a a lord accuses his steward of poor stewardship over his things. And you wouldn't have to go too far to, to know that the average Jew could read between the lines in Jesus' stories, knowing that they were God's chosen people. They were stewarded with something that, they by and large failed at. Jesus then goes on in that chapter, chapter 16, and talks about the covetousness of the Pharisees and how they justify themselves before men. And then, of course, he finishes chapter 16 with the story of the rich man and Lazarus and teaching on hell and the fact that the rich man ends up there, and the, the beggar ends up in Abraham's bosom, and in God's favor, if you will. And Jesus had a way of always kind of turning your expectations upside down in what man might uh, think we should expect. And with that, as the backdrop, come to Luke 17 and verse 1. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day, turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet and will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things which were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Now, it may appear that this is just sort of in these 10 verses, four just random teachings, almost like Proverbs. But I'm going to try to make the case at least somewhat in the little bit of time we have that Really, the last three are reinforcing what's taught in verses 1 and 2, predominantly where the Lord says, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Everyone in here is going to have the opportunity to be offended in 2023. Mark it down. 
You will have the opportunity. Jesus said, it's impossible, but that offenses will come. And then it's almost sort of a, a parenthesis there. He says, now don't be the person by whom the offense comes. And he, he emphasizes that and strengthens it by saying, because it's better for that person, the one who's doing the offending, if he put on a cement necklace and took a long walk off a short pier. I mean, I don't think he's mincing his words here. He's saying it is impossible. You will have opportunity to take offense at someone or something in 2023. But you don't have to. You don't have to. Now, we've heard quite a bit tonight about the need for us to show brotherly love, frankly, and to work together. If we're going to do anything for God in the coming year, we're going to have to be right with one another. See, the church can grow. The, the bus ministry might be flourishing. The bank account might be fat. The Sunday school classes might be good. The preaching might be great. But you see, God sees beyond what we see, doesn't he? And he says that if a man says he loves me, but he hates his brother, he's a liar. He's a liar. Now, that's, you know, that kind of offends us at first. We're like, well, I can just love God and hate everybody else, can't I? I mean, some of us have probably been there. People are difficult to get along with sometimes. But he says we can't. Over in Matthew 5, he says, you know, you come and you bring your offering, and it comes to your mind that there's a brother that has odd against you. God says, go take care of it. He says, you know what? I'm not interested in your offering right now. You've got a problem in your heart that has to be taken care of first. But we start thinking, well, I've brought God all these offerings. I mean, surely that must count for something. We look at it as if God says, well, here's the Ten Commandments. Pick out a couple that you like real well and do good on those, and we won't worry about the other ones so much. See, we think if we do some things for God the way we expect, that we can sort of just get a pass on the rest of them. We heard this verse tonight, but the greatest commandment is what? Love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, right? But he said the second one is what? Like unto it. Isn't that strange? To love our neighbor as ourself. See, he links those together. Right? Yes, certainly God is number one, but those two seem to be a little closer linked in Jesus' mind than perhaps they are in ours. Relationship. Life is about relationship. First and foremost, of course, our relationship to the Lord. And you know, a good relationship can withstand a lot. Frankly, even a lot of sin. Look at, look at marriages that stay together despite all kinds of problems. Parents and children and church members and co-workers and everyone. A good relationship, frankly, can withstand a lot, but it's very difficult for any relationship to withstand offense. Offense. Some people, I don't know if I really even understand this, but some people in my experience seem to almost like being offended. I mean, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like just this thing that they seem to want to care for and maintain in some way. I don't, I don't know. Now, we live, as we well know, in a very a victim mentality society today. And I think there's just something about saying that we were offended and, and holding on to that, that that makes us feel like, well, you know, we were the victim in all this, so 
Hebrews 12 says this, that we are to look diligently lest any fail of the grace of God and any root of bitterness spring up and trouble us because thereby many be defiled. Bitterness. If you harbor offense, bitterness will grow. Can I just say this? You don't have to be offended. Some of you are probably still mulling that over. It's literally optional. Now, we just read that Jesus said it's impossible that offenses won't come. That's going to happen. Don't be the one by whom they come. But nowhere are you commanded to be offended at anyone. So you don't know what they did. I probably don't. But that choice is still yours. Bible says this about God, Psalm 103, verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. That's a characteristic of God. And Proverbs 16, 32 says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. See, that's a God-like quality to be slow to anger not quick to be offended. The man who can rule his spirit, Proverbs says, that's better than a mighty man who can take a city. Apparently, it's a pretty big deal. And when offenses have come your way, you probably know how hard it is to fight them off sometimes. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. See that connection? See that connection? Ruling our spirit well. Proverbs 25, 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Following the the train of thought here? Yeah, it must need, the offenses are gonna come. If we can't rule our own spirit, we're like a city that's just laying without walls, no defenses. Will Rogers said this, I, I have no idea. I don't know that he was a Christian. He was kind of a, cowboy poet. I don't really know what else to call him. I don't know what his spiritual condition was, but he said, I am at the mercy of any man who can make me lose my temper. Those are wise words. And we're, Proverbs essentially in those verses we just read is telling us pretty much just that. Say, well, yeah, but people are offensive. Well, it can be one of two things. Either the person means to offend you or they don't mean to offend you. If they didn't even mean to offend you, then what are you doing being offended by it? And if they do mean to offend you, then why give them the satisfaction of being offended? Say what? I mean, I know it's easy to say, difficult to do. I grant you. And being unoffendable is not the same thing as being apathetic, by the way. You You can fight off offense by just being cold hearted and not caring about anything but that's not being spiritually minded. That's not having a warm heart that loves God and loves others. We're not called to just be indifferent to the world, but we are called to be above offense. Jesus got angry at the money changers. Paul certainly didn't go light on those who would pervert the gospel. They weren't just indifferent. They didn't take offense. Great peace have they which love thy law, Psalm 119 says, and nothing shall offend them offend them. 1 Corinthians 13 says that charity does not behave itself unseemly, it seeketh not as her own, is not easily provoked. 
See, some people, they're just going to want to poke, right? They're going to want to find things. Or maybe they're doing something, you just find it offensive. But you still need to rule your spirit. If someone offends you, yes, rebuke them. Make sure it's done in the spirit of meekness, by the way. Read Galatians chapter 6 before you go to rebuke them over the offense. But we're still to forgive. For sake of time, let's, let's kind of wrap this up. I mentioned that there's four things happening in these 10 verses. And he starts off with some very harsh words about offenses. And then he talks about forgiveness, right? If your brother comes to you and he offends you seven times in a day and seven times comes and repents, you're supposed to forgive him seven times. That's a lot of forgiveness. (laughs) It's probably no wonder we are to forgive. That's what restores relationship. Relationships require trust and faithfulness. You might still love somebody who's stabbed you in the back, but you're probably going to have a hard time turning your back towards them again until that relationship, that trust, is reestablished. It's, it's healed. The repentance has taken place. So Jesus says, in order to be offense-free, there's going to have to be forgiveness on our part, and that's difficult. And that's probably why the third story talks about faith. So Jesus said, offenses are going to come, don't be offensive. And if your brother comes and offends you and repents seven times in a day, forgive him seven times. And their response, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) Because that's what I would be thinking too. I'm going to need a lot more faith if you expect me to forgive offenses seven times in a day. Forgiveness and faith. We heard about uh, the picture from Ben tonight of those that... uh, Heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. And it says that Sarah, through faith, judged him faithful. Judged God faithful. Faith is about having the right view of God and who he is. You're going to have to have that if you're going to tr- even try to live out what Jesus is saying in these first few verses next year. And then it ends with a story about a servant. I mean, what does that have to do with anything? Servanthood is about having the right view of ourself. And this isn't predominantly a teaching on how to treat servants. It's about us getting the right attitude. We're the servant. When we've done what God has commanded us, then we say we're unprofitable servants. We've done that which was our duty to do. See, but sometimes we want to use offense like as a way to punish other people. Because we know God made us relational beings. We care about one another. And when someone cares about you and you act offended towards them, then you know that hurts them somewhat as well. So it's really a very diabolical way of doing things. And that's why Jesus' words are so harsh toward offense. We've got to be able to address sin in general and not just what others have done against us. See, using offense to get at people is like you have an enemy And so you drink a vial of poison while you wait for them to die. It's crazy, but we do it. We'll we'll, we'll get bitter, and we'll try to wield a fence as a weapon to hurt someone else because of what they've done to us. Hey, offenses are going to come. Mark it down, 2023, you'll have occasion to be offended. But if we're going to have love one to another, if we're going to see God's blessing upon us, We're going to have to get rid of offenses and walk humbly with our God in 2023. 
All right, amen. Lord bless you all.